about you, but when we already, when we already reached the, the ladies special, me and Daniel were like looking at each other, we're like, oh, is this really happening? It's going so fast. Like, my heart was pumping. Like, I, wasn't, I wasn't ready yet. But um, yeah, just a quick little warning that um, if I talk for like a long period of time or when I'm nervous, I tend to stutter a lot. And um, I don't know, but sometimes it gets really bad. Um, there was this time where Paolo said that his job was um, hiring people. And so I was at home and he messaged me that. And so I made my resume. And so I met him at West Point And I went inside his store and then I saw his manager. So I walked up to his manager and I was like shaking. And I was like, I was like hey, 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 hey. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I just came in to um, hand in my resume. And he's like, oh, yeah, don't worry. I'll, I'll just get it and put it in the desk. I'm like, okay, I, I, um, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be ready to hear back from you in a couple of days. And, and I left. And yeah. So today the title of my um, sermon is called The Life of Temptation. Um, does anyone know what the word temptation means? Uh, just raise your hand. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but, okay, well, so for the people who don't know what the word temptation means, um, I've got two meanings, which is the normal meaning and the meaning for the Bible. So the normal meaning is that temptation is a, is a desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise. And in the Bible, it's a bit similar, but it means that temptation primarily denotes a trial in which a man slash woman has a free choice of being faithful or unfaithful to God. Only secondarily does it signify allurement or seduction to sin. So does everyone understand that? Yeah? Okay. So um, just turn your Bibles to Genesis 39. And we'll look at verses 7 to 9. And so to just, just to give you a bit of context what happens in this chapter, um, Joseph has been brought down to Egypt. And he, you know the story about Joseph. Um, his brothers had betrayed him. And so um, they sold him. And they sold him to, there was a man who was an, um, an, an officer and so he bought Joseph, and so after he bought Joseph, he decided to take Joseph to his house. And so um, he, after a while, Joseph had stayed there for quite a while, and um, Potiphar was looking great care, um, taking great care of him. And so, but then something happens in this chapter. And so look at verse 7, and it says, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master, what is not what is with me in the house? And he hath committed all that he hath done to my hand. Verse 9. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Um, let's bow our heads and pray. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, thank you for your stay that you've given to us, Lord. Lord, I just want to pray that um, you just be able to speak through me and that I'll be able to say the right things, Lord, and also pray for the rest of the night. I pray that everything will just go well. I pray for the other two preachers, Lord. I pray that they won't be nervous and that you, they'll also be able to say the right things, Lord. And I pray that um, this message will be able to um, go through someone and that they'll be able to apply it to their lives, Lord. And um, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And so my first point for my sermon is that the devil is a master at tempting you. So try putting yourself in Joseph's shoes. You know, you're in a foreign country. Um, you might not see your brothers again because they betrayed you and they hate you. Um, you don't even know if you're going to see your father again. And 
you've stayed faithful to God through this tough trial, but now Satan wants to tempt you and he wants to destroy that relationship that you have with God right now. And he uses um, Potiphar's wife through this. And so as you see in verse 7, it said that there was a woman, which was Potiphar's wife, and she, she cast her eyes on Joseph, meaning that uh, she looked at him in a way where she wanted to do something to him. Like she, she, she tried to tempt him. She wanted to seduce him. Um, and so in the Bible, it says that Satan is a tempter. Um, he's a very good one as well. And like, um, he makes it as though sin doesn't look that bad in that. He has different strategies of how he can tempt you. And, you know, he's very subtle in how he does it. And, you know, it, it comes when we least expect it. Temptation comes um, knocking on our door unannounced at 9 a.m. on Monday morning. And, you know, we don't expect it. Um, it comes when our guard is most down and when we are most prone to give in. And it is often at, at its strongest when we are at our weakest. Um, of course, um, the devil is very subtle, and he's very clever in how he does this. And it says in First Peter five, First Peter five, that um, the devil is a is a roaring lion, and he walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So, the devil picks us off like when we're in a group, and he 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 walketh about seeking who to tempt next, like who or who he wants um, this person to sin against God. And so, but. We shouldn't let him into our life because it, it says in the Bible that we have to put on the whole armor of God and that he may be able to stand against the walls of the devil. And if we have that armor on, then we are able to fight him off and that he will eventually be able to flee from us. And so try and picture sin as a door, right? You know, like just imagine like a door here. Um, it's a big brown door and Satan's on the other side. And so maybe you're at school and someone some of your classmates tell you some some gossip, I don't know. And so what happens is you start to listen to that gossip and you you talk about it and then the door opens just a little bit. And then maybe you're at home and maybe no one's at home, you're home alone. Maybe Satan uses that chance as to make you do something that you don't want to do. And that eventually that door just swings wide open. And then what happens is you've now allowed Satan to your life and he's now able to take control of your life. But we need to understand that it, may, it takes days or weeks or months to maybe fully open that door. But then it takes years and years to close it back up. Um, which takes me to my second point. And so my second point is that sin has consequences. Um, if you just turn to Galatians 6, and we'll, verse, we'll look at verses 7 to 8. And it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that he shall also reap. For he that soweth his, to his flesh shall, the, shall of the flesh reap cor- corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And so what's saying here is that we reap what you sow. Um, There's a saying that my dad used to tell me as we were kids, um, that he used to say, oh, if you treat me this way, then God will give you children that will treat you the same way that he treated me. And I don't know, I just got scared of that. Um, <laughs> he's like looking at me like, I told you that? Oh. But um, yeah, and so we need to realize that um, sin can destroy, our, can destroy your life. It can destroy your walk with God, your relationships with people. It can destroy your testimony. Um, and, you know, it just, the list just goes on and on. And of course, there's different kinds of 
temptations, there's gossiping, there's lying, there's uh, procrastination, pornography, and the list just goes on and on. But, of course, as um, young teenagers, it's very easy to be caught up in peer pressure. And, um, you know, when you, it's, when you see your friends not making the right decision, it's, it can be really hard on you, and maybe you feel pressure to do that's the thing that they're doing. And, you know, it, maybe you're too scared to say that, oh, like, this isn't wrong and stuff. But, um, of course, there's times where I was tempted, and I don't, I don't know if my parents know this, so if I'm not here next week, you know why. Um, <laughs> but there's times where I was tempted where um, there's one time where I went to a party, and, you know, me and my friends rocked up, and the first thing that happened when I rocked up was that my friend came up to me, and he was like, oh, you should try this. And, you know, he was holding a bag, and he, he whipped out this normal water bottle, and he was like, oh, you should try this. It's like, it was like some, so, some sort of alcohol. But he was like, oh, Jai, you should try this. And I'm like, no, it's okay. Um, I'll pass. And then he offered it to my other friends, and they took part of it. And then there was also this one time where one of my friends, he went up to me, and he was like, oh, Jai, have you ever vaped before? And I'm like, no. And he's like, oh, well, you know, you should try it. Like, it's not even bad. It's like you're just like, you know, breathing in water vapor, like, you know, even smoking. And so this conversation that me and him had, it, it went on for, like, quite a while. But then it went to the point where I almost gave into it, and he was saying, oh, yeah, I'll buy one and stuff. And, but then I don't know what happened. I, I still said no. And so just, just imagine if I chose to take part of that alcohol, who knows what would have happened. I would have maybe been addicted to it. I, mean, I would have taken part in maybe vaping, and maybe I would have been somewhere else. And if my dad found out, uh, if I did do that, he probably would have disowned me and kicked me out of the house. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, but it says again in verse 8 of Galatians, it says that... Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Dad. Uh, but um, <laughs> it says in verse 8, but if you... If you um, if you sow good things, then eventually in the future, God will provide for you and he will bless you. And yeah, he'll, you'll just reap back good things in your life. Um, you don't have to turn your button. First Corinthians 10 verse 13, it says that there hath, a, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able to bear it. But will with the temptation also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. And so, church, tonight, um, the verse is saying here that God is faithful, and he, will, he won't let us be tempted beyond that we can bear. And I don't know about you, but I just think that that's amazing. Um, about, like, with, the, with temptation, he's, there's also a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. Um, there's a story about a little boy and an apple tree, and so the little boy was standing under the apple tree, and a farmer walked, and a farmer, and a farmer walked over and asked, what are you trying to do, steal my apples? The boy quickly replied, no, sir, I'm trying not to. Um, I don't know about you, but did that make sense to you? Um, when, I, when, I first, when I first read this on the internet, it just flew over my head. Like, I didn't even understand it at all. But then when I further started to like, pick apart this short story, I, un- I started to understand it. And so what it's trying to say is that we Christians try not to sin, but we fail because we lie down and we lie down under an apple tree and that apple tree is, is 
equal to sin. So since it's right in front of us, then we say that, oh, I'm not going to sin, but like, it's just like right there. So we start to have second thoughts and think that, oh, maybe it's not so bad. I'll just do it this once. Like, no one knows. And so that's why we fail. Um, but we need, we need to realize that every sin has a choice to do wrong. But before we make that choice, we have another choice. And so in verse 13, it said that, but, we, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. And so that what I'm saying is that the other choice that we have is our way of escape. And that, in other words, it means that you just say no and don't do it. Um, so my third point tonight is that Satan's temptation can be resisted. Um, you don't have to turn your button. James 4 verse 7, it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So if you have a strong, strong relationship with the Lord, and if you continue to keep resisting the devil, then eventually he'll flee from you. But then that doesn't mean that when he flees from you, then that's, that's the end, like you've won the battle. No, no, no. It means that it, it, this is going to be a battle that we're going to have to face our whole life. Um, and so we need to remember that we can win the fight against temptation be, and because that we've got the greater one living inside us and um, he, will, he will help you keep you strong in the midst of peer pressure or temptation if you learn to rely on him and his leading. Um, if you just turn to Second Timothy 2 and we'll look at verses 22. It says, flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And so it says that we have to flee from our youthful lust. We have to run away from temptation. And so, for example, if, if you get an invitation from a friend that's a, for, for a party, let's say, and let's say that um, you've known this guy your whole life, and so you kind of know what's going to be at the party, and you know that there's probably going to be drinks that's going to offer there. And so, um, I don't know, but my suggestion is if there's going to be drinks that are going to be offered at that party, my suggestion is don't go. Um, if your friends are smoking and they ask you to smoke, then tell them that you don't, that you don't want to do it because it's sinful against God. Um, we ought to run away from situations that might cause us to do the wrong thing. Um, and sometimes making the right choice isn't the easiest thing to do, but in the long run, if you make that right choice, it could save you from a lot of things. It could, maybe it could um, save your relationship with the Lord. It could save your testimony. It could save you a lot of heartbreak. And it could save you just from a lot of things. But then it also says that you ought to follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them, them that call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. So we ought to surround ourselves with good and godly people that read the Bible every day and help you get closer to the Lord. And, I don't know, it says in the Bible that we have to, that iron sharpness iron. So we have to sharpen each other and help each other with our walk with God and, uh, like, you know, always check up on each other. And so if you look back at Genesis 39, if you just turn there, please. It said that Joseph refused, and he said unto his master's wife, Behold my master, what is, not, what is with me in the house? And he hath committed, committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And so Joseph refused to lie with Potiphar's wife, and he was able to refuse um, 
his wife because of that strong relationship he had with the Lord. And Joseph's walk with the Lord was very strong at this time. Um, but if you guys are still, let's say you're still struggling with temptation, of course there's a few strategies of how this can be helped. Um, I listed a few, but I've boiled it down to like the main ones. And so the first one is talk to people that you trust. You have to talk to people and you have to ask them, like people that to keep you accountable, always checking up on you. There's people in this church that you can talk to. You, like there's Pastor, there's Pastor EJ, there's Kuya Rob. You, but there's also people, you can also talk to people that um, have gone through the same thing that you've gone through and you can ask advice from them of how to fix it. Um, the second one is to pray and read your Bible. It says in the Word of God that we ought to meditate on the Word of God. We ought to always read it every day and make it known in our heart. And same thing with praying as well. Um, I've I said this um, before, but then also hang around good friends, good friends that help you build up your relationship, not put you down. Um, and also ask forgiveness for when you fail because it's never too late to ask God for forgiveness. Um, it's not helpful to just beat yourself up about it because, um, you know, God has already died on the cross for all our sins. He's paid for all our sins, past, present, and future. And so it doesn't really help if you just dwell in the sin and be like, oh, I've, I've done so many wrongful things. Uh, God isn't, like, God hates me now and, like, he's not going to forgive me. No, no, no. He's... Forg- he's for- he's already forgiven us for what like all the sins that we've done, and so always ask forgiveness um, for when you sin. And so, as a church, we we have to remember that there's no secret to sin. It says that um, in the Bible that be sure be sure your sin will find you out. And so, one day we're going to sit in the judgment seat of Christ, and you know, we'll it will be made known to the world, and you know we'll be held guilty for it. And so. We have to take our time to give our life to go to God, and when ta- and when temptations come, look to God for strength.